Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. In our current sermon series titled Grateful, we will talk about ways to live in gratitude, reflecting on our past, present, and lives that are yet to come as we celebrate all that God has given us, all that He provides for us, and all the opportunities He leads us to. As we remember and celebrate the saints who have gone before us today, we give thanks for the gift that keeps giving. Gratitude. There are different kinds of gratitude, and it rarely looks identical twice. How, then, do we recognize it in order to embrace it? In this message of the week from November 7th, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from James chapter 1. This passage highlights what gratitude looks like and reminds us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Here is the First Church message of the week. So this morning, we are starting our new sermon series that is going to take us over three weeks, uh, all the way up until Thanksgiving, as together we're going to focus a little these few weeks on gratitude. Because November, and specifically the days and the weeks that lead up to Thanksgiving, I cannot be the only one who is constantly reminded at this time of year to be more thankful. And if you're like me, I am likely to say thank you and to be grateful in little ways, like thank you for a gift or thank you to someone who came to an event that you invited them to. But I want to talk over these few weeks about how being grateful is about more than that. It is different to say thank you for a one-time event or gift than to live a life that is filled with gratitude. Because gratitude, I would argue, should not be a stagnant or passing thing. It's not tied to a specific person or event, but rather it should be a way of being. What does it mean, though, to be grateful as a way of being, to live a grateful life? For me, I would argue that that means that we're willing to dig a little deeper. And my hope is that over these next three weeks that we're going to do just that. And so today we're going to start that by first reflecting on all that has been and all that we can and should be grateful for. As a part of that, I want to invite you to reflect with me on the saints of our lives, as Sandy mentioned. Saints, by the way, that don't mean the kinds of things that often culture tells us it does. In the Methodist tradition, we don't have formal saints. And so when we talk about saints, we are talking about those people who have positively impacted us, especially in our faith journey. Who are those people who have gone before us, living or past, who have shown us what it is to live a faithful life and trust in Jesus. That's who we're talking about when we talk about saints this day. And so with that in mind, won't you pray with me? Lord God, might you open our ears that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes in this time that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. 
So I'm going to start today by sharing a little story. As I think about what it means to live a life of gratitude, I was reminded this week of an interview. How's this for a flashback photo, right? Uh, This picture is from November of 2000, which if you can believe that, that was 21 years ago, right? So we're aging a couple of us. And Oprah Winfrey, as you surely recognize, did an interview with this man. And he is an actor and a writer and a Nobel laureate. Most notably, though, he is a Holocaust survivor. This man, by the name of Ellie Vissel, he is interviewed by her because, as she said, when she introduces, after she introduces him, she says, you know, there may be no better person than him to speak about living with gratitude. Despite all the tragedy you've witnessed, she says to him, do you still have a place inside you for gratefulness? And he replies, absolutely. Right after the war, I went around telling people, thank you just for living, for being human. And to this day, the words that come most frequently to my lips, he said, are thank you. When a person doesn't have gratitude, something is missing in his or her humanity. A person can almost be defined by his or her attitude toward gratitude. Oprah went on to ask him, does having seen the worst of humanity make you more grateful for ordinary occurrences? To which he replied, for me, every hour is grace. And I feel gratitude in my heart each time I meet someone and look at his or her smile. Can you imagine that depth of gratitude? I feel gratitude, he says in my heart, each time I meet someone and look at his or her smile. I appreciate his words and his reflection, and especially in those words when he said, when people lack gratitude, something is missing in their humanity. That's challenging. Those are challenging words, aren't they? A person can almost be defined by their attitude, or by their attitude toward gratitude, he says. And it makes me wonder what our, or what your, attitude towards gratitude might be. Because I am struck in this conversation by how Vessel is not speaking here about appreciating material goods, but about the experience, about about the ability to experience life as a gift with a deep appreciation and understanding of what it is to have life in a time when he easily could have not. He deeply understands then how we should treasure life as a gift and to feel its power even in some of the most difficult circumstances. Life is a gift, not what we have, but that we are. To live with gratitude and appreciation this way, I think, is to truly understand gratitude in the ways that it's expressed in scripture. And there are lots of scriptural examples of times that not only people are giving thanks or living lives of gratitude, but also they are reminding us to do the same and to live the same. Our example that I want to read today, the specific one it reminds me of, is from the New Testament in James in the first chapter. I'm just going to read chapter, uh, verses 16 through 18. 
in which we are told, don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of heavenly lights, in whose character there is no change at all. He chose to give us birth by his true word. And here is the result. We are like the first crop from the harvest of everything he created. The first crop from the harvest of everything he created. I appreciate a lot of things about these few short verses. Perhaps especially that it says we are like the first crop from the harvest. The first crop from the harvest is always the best part, right? We know that God desires for us to give. We've talked in recent weeks about tithing and the importance of giving and living generously and how we should always give to God first from what we have. And these words remind us that God does the same for us, that we are like the first crop from the harvest. God gives and celebrates us first and foremost, wanting us to be blessed in the same way. And when I hear these words, even with the words of this Holocaust survivor in front of us, at the forefront of my mind, do you know what I think when I hear these promises and these words? First, I admit, first, my first thought is, oh, thanks be to God for these promises and good news, right? But a really quick second that almost took first was after reading this, well, I have a tendency to encounter this challenge and the reality of these words, and sometimes I tend to push back, because sometimes I read scripture, and if I'm honest, even as a pastor, I read it and I think, ugh, right? Because sometimes these words challenge us, not because they aren't true and good, but because when I read these words and I hear the words and the phrase that it opens with about how every good and perfect gift comes from above, you know what I think? What about those not so good and perfect gifts, right? What about the fact that today on All Saints Sunday, we are gathered to remember and give thanks for the life of those whom we have lost from this life? What if we're still grieving? What if we don't want to thank God because what we really want is for our beloved to be right here beside us. As a Holocaust survivor and a fellow human, Vessel understood this. And I think it was his deep understanding and the tension that it brought forth from within him that made him so much more grateful for what he had. But for many of us, that's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Yes, I, and I hope you, I am thankful for my life, for this incredible calling I have. I am thankful that I get to be here living out my life and my gifts and my ministry at First Church here in Watertown. I am grateful for the countless gifts in my life and for a place to call home and for my really cute puppy that I really should have brought a picture of because I love telling people about my shaggy. The list of things I am grateful for is really long, really, really long. Some of those are filled with deep, deep gratitude. Others are frivolous, like people who know me know that I love a dress with pockets, and I'm grateful for those too, right? 
But being thankful for our stuff or even for people in our lives, it rolls off the tongue pretty easily, doesn't it? And I wonder how we might be called to live more and more fully into that as a way of living and being. Are we called to be grateful for the things in life that are hard too? Because one of the tricky things about gratitude is how it's different every time we experience or acknowledge it. Situations and our life experiences change, and so too do our emotions. In one instance, our gratitude may feel deeply personal, like a sentimental gift, or when someone we don't expect showed up to the funeral to honor our loved one. In another case, our gratitude may feel routine, like when you send a thank you note to the secret Santa at the office whom you know just bought the gift off your list and while you've only met them once, they had to buy it, so you had to send them a thank you. That feels really different, doesn't it? Now, while we make light of this, we know that even different still from giving thanks, we have this opportunity on a day like today to celebrate the saints before us, to celebrate lives well-lived, no matter how long or short. And we know that when we do that, we can simultaneously be grateful for their lives and have some pretty hard feelings about it. Maybe it's sadness or anger or even resentment about them no longer being with us. There is room for all of those. And in all of these cases and more, the truth is our gratitude may be real and ever-present, but even from person to person, how we experience that is going to feel a little different, isn't it? That's part of what's so unique about it. In a lot of ways, gratitude in this way reminds me of this other churchy word we like to talk about called grace. Because sometimes we are grateful for things beyond our control. For people, for things, for circumstances that we have no control or say over that may even be far above what we know or understand or deserve. Just like grace. With grace, we don't have to know that it's there or think that we deserve it or even begin to understand it. We just know that God lavishes it upon us. And when it comes to grace, like gratitude, each of these, well, they bring forth the other in abundance, don't they? Because to be given grace means to have this unmerited favor, to be given gifts not just because we've earned them, but simply because God wants to give them. And when God gives them to us, there is no expectation of returning these gifts or technically even of responding to them. Rather, we know that grace is a gift that God gives to each and every one of us indiscriminately. And I don't know about you, But every time I encounter grace, it fills me with that same emotion. It fills me with gratitude. Because as the old hymn says, grace really is amazing, isn't it? It's precisely because we didn't earn it, we can't give it back, and we can't adequately say thank you, that we find ourselves in awe and wonder of it and feeling 
grateful. And so part of gratitude for me is wanting to share this gift with others, to extend or point out grace to others, to pay it forward, if you will. We often talk about this in one way or another when a loved one dies. I look at the name, the list of names that are a part of this service. If you didn't get one, there are pink bulletins in the back that list all of those we are remembering today, as well as the gifts that have been given in their honor. And when I look at that list of names that are a part of our service of remembrance today, I cannot help but to feel grateful for these lives that were so well lived. And I am grateful in the midst of my knowing, as surely you do, that none of these people listed are perfect. Many of them did things that hurt others or themselves. They have both caused and experienced pain. They had different levels of trust and faith in God, and they got things right some days more than others. But wow, did we love them, didn't we? We love the memories we have of them and the humor we shared. We hold close relationships that we had. And we remember how they helped us to become who we are. We haven't forgotten the dreams that stopped short, that won't come to be how we imagined them. But we can be grateful for the ways that we get to continue to honor these beloveds, even still today whether that's by honoring them through living as they taught us, or maybe by finishing that bucket list that they started. Maybe even you want to help care for the people and the places and the ideals that they cherished most. We can honor those that we love most, whether it's the saints that we remember who have already passed on or the person sitting next to you in the pew. We can honor those we love most by showing our gratitude for them, by remembering that every day and every moment is a gift, a grace-filled gift that cannot be repaid. Because the truth is, the best gifts are the ones that are given freely, right? The most generous gifts are not the financially costly ones, but they are the ones that fill us, the givers, with gratitude. Have you ever experienced this? Because that, friends, is how we can feel grateful in all the things, even the ones that are hard. Even as we long for our loved ones to be here still, even when we're mad or can't understand how we lost some too early, or maybe others suffered too long, or others still lived really good and long lives, but another 10 lifetimes still wouldn't feel like enough. In the midst of our pain and our grief, we know that we can be grateful for what is anyway. And I think this is well articulated by a writer and theologian, Henry Nouwen. He framed this well when he was talking about gratitude and named that to be grateful for the good things that happen in our lives is easy. But to be grateful for all of our lives, the good as well as the bad, the moments of joy as well as the moments of sorrow, the successes as well as the failures, the rewards as well as the rejections, that requires hard spiritual work. 
He then went on to say that even still, we are only truly grateful people when we can say thank you to all that has brought us to the present moment. As long as we keep dividing our lives between events and people that we would like to remember and those that we would rather forget, we cannot claim the fullness of our beings as a gift of God to be grateful for. Without all that we have been through, he says, we cannot claim the fullness of our beings as a gift of God to be grateful for. Those are tough words to live into. It doesn't mean, though, that everything is good. It doesn't mean that we even have to be glad it happened. But it does mean that we can be thankful for who it has helped us become, for how we have been able to learn and to grow through it. And while that may look a little different for each of us, my hope and my prayer is that for all of us, it would start with a bit of healing and a lot of grace. Grace, that is, that allows us to be kind to ourselves, to see ourselves as God sees us, as holy and beloved and worthy. Because when we allow ourselves to see and be grateful for the goodness that lies within us, then, and I would argue maybe only then, Will we be able to extend the goodness to other people? Will we be able to share that grace in the other places and people and situations around us? And it is then that I find it a lot easier for us to live into this truth and promise from James. To embrace the fact that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Friends, what good and perfect gifts do you have in your life right now? What might God be calling and inviting you to be grateful for? Because as we seek to embrace the gift that is gratitude this month especially, my hope and prayer is that we would do so by living into the fullness of our beings, both all that we have and all that we are, and maybe even all that we are yet to become. For God is with us in all these things and longs for us to celebrate and give thanks this day and always. Let's pray together. Faithful, loving God, generous God who gives to us grace and life and hope and peace. We thank you for the gift of your presence with us this day and every day and ask that your transforming love would come upon each and every one of us helping us to live lives of gratitude for all you've already given us and all that we are called to embrace and share this day and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.